Well, this morning, I am concluding this series that we've been doing on Psalm 23, where we have been going through the seven scenes of Psalm 23, looking at those actions of God that show up there. So today is the final one, and, and we've seen that show up in God's action in so many ways, right? We've, we've considered all that God provides for us, the green pastures, the quiet waters, the paths of righteousness. We've considered the tools of the shepherd in the hands of God, the rod and the staff that comfort his people. We've considered the invitation that we all have to the table that has been prepared before us. All of these ways that David, in this poetic language of Psalm 23, describes the activity of the Lord as our shepherd. And today then, the final one. He anoints my head with oil. That's kind of an odd one. Odd one in that, okay, now we're, we seem to be venturing a little bit beyond what you normally think of as something a shepherd does. And it's a custom, a cultural habit and a ritual which really doesn't take place in our world anymore today at all. Anointing heads with oil. So, so maybe that itself needs a little bit of explanation before we really understand where this passage is going and what it's about that the anointing of heads with oil has, has a purpose and a context into which you see that show up in the Bible. And, and in this case, in the case of Psalm 23, and also in the case of the passage where I'm going to be taking us today to Ecclesiastes 9, the anointing with oil was something that they would have put in the category of, I think, basic human hygiene. Hygiene, personal hygiene for having yourself clean and presentable. Uh, we remember that in those days, people didn't, people didn't have showers in every single home like, like we're used to. And there was no such thing as shampoo. They didn't have that. So part of their routine of basic human hygiene would be to use oils as a sort of perfume, uh, as a fragrant oil that they would put on their head and in their hair as a way of, of making themselves more presentable. And, and often, they wouldn't do this every day like maybe we shower every day, but, but they would do this in preparation for special events. If they were invited to a party or a gathering or some important social gathering, that they would do this habit of putting this fragrant oil in their hair as part of the preparation for attending some important social gathering together with other people. That's what that would do. And it, it would be oils that, they're all plant-based. So we can't, when we read in the Bible of anointing heads with oil, we should not think of oil maybe in, in our own terms. Of, it's not petroleum oil that's drilled out of the ground. right? It, it's not the 5W30 synthetic blend that's down the street at Valvoline. That's not the kind of oil we're talking about here. They didn't have that kind of oil, and they didn't have a reason and need for it either at that time. These are all plant-based. So in the region of the Mediterranean where Israel was, olive trees grew there. So olive oil was probably the main one that they had for, for cooking purposes, but also other plant-based oils, oils that would come from myrrh or nard. And these would be fragrant oils, like a perfume that they would use. That's the kind of oils that they would use, and that's what it's talking about. And, and the purpose or the reason, at least in these passages that we're considering, is something to get you ready and make you presentable for a 
social gathering, a celebration, a party, a banquet, that kind of thing. Okay? So we'll consider how that comes together today. And I'm going to be jumping forwards then to Ecclesiastes 9, which also involves anointing head with oil in this context of a gathering. Okay? Ecclesiastes 9, I'm just going to be reading verses 7 through 10. It says this. Go, eat your food with gladness. Drink your wine with a joyful heart. For God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead where you're going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, a little more explanation here, because I I read these few verses from Ecclesiastes, and, and I have to admit that at face value, this comes off a little bit depressing meaningless life, my lot in life or my toilsome labor? What, what, what is being talked about here? Well, there, there may be a few things that are lost in translation. So, so today, throughout the course of this message, I'm, I'm going to give you three Hebrew words that show up here. Two of them in this passage from Ecclesiastes and one back from Psalm 23 that maybe help explain a little bit of how this whole idea of anointing with oil shows something of how God is the provider and the shepherd of our lives, not only in that time, but even yet today for us in our world, okay? So that's how we're going to move forward with this. And I should probably note that for those of you who who know your scriptures well, and you've, you've seen or heard or read of this idea of anointing with oil, that there are several examples in scripture where this happens, and they do have other meanings, right? They do have other contexts. So you do find examples in other places of Scripture where oil is used as a medicine because it was thought to have healing properties. So when someone was sick, that you would anoint them with oil. And that's an anointing that comes from our same English root as ointment, that kind of a thing. So, I don't know, think of a modern equivalent for us would be maybe Neosporin, right? that they thought of oil in that way as well. That would be another use that they would use. They would use it for burial rituals. So a part of the funeral process of embalming someone who had passed away would involve oils and spices. They would use it as a declaration of royal inauguration. So when a new king would come to the throne, that they would use oil as a symbol in that. All of these different ways that they would use oil. So every time, when you see this in scripture, don't be scratching your head of, I don't understand, it doesn't seem to fit. It had many purposes, many meanings, many uses. But I'm focusing today on what I see the context of both Psalm 23 and Ecclesiastes 9 as this use of oil as some personal hygiene to prepare for a gathering or a party or a get-together and how that fits into the Lord is our shepherd. All right. Also then, in Ecclesiastes, figuring out how this instruction to anoint with oil 
fits into what the wisdom writer of Ecclesiastes is telling us, especially when he tells us that life itself is meaningless. So what's the purpose? What's the point? Well, that's a word that maybe needs a little explanation because all throughout Ecclesiastes you see that. Sometimes it's meaningless or other English translations it would be vanity, Um, but that all comes from the Hebrew word hevel. And hevel, translated as meaningless or vanity, carries with it a notion that goes a little bit deeper. What it's really identifying is something that is insignificant, momentary. A, a, a sort of, uh, the, the root word there is actually a root word that symbolizes a breath. That it is simply a breath that is here and gone. So a I, I think it carries a much stronger application to look at Ecclesiastes using the word momentary in place of meaningless because that's what the, risk, the wisdom writer is after in that passage. The wisdom writer of Ecclesiastes is telling us and reminding us, you know what, our lives, the lives that we live compared to God next to the eternity of God, our lives are so very momentary. That we are here for just but a breath next to the God who is forever. That's what the wisdom writer is considering there. It's a reminder of, remember that we serve and follow a God of all time and all space and the creator of everything. And next to that, we are just but a speck there. A moment is what he's after there. But then there's another Hebrew word that I want us to pull out of this. That's the word helek, which in our Bibles translates as lot. Now, if you were to look up lot in a dictionary, the way that I think many people would understand that then as well, you would find one of the possible meanings for lot to be something like fate or predicament, plight, doom, that sometimes we think of lot that way. Our lot in life is something that we just have to resign ourselves. This is what you get, and it's not going to be any better or any different. But that's not what the Hebrew word helek is after. It's lot more in the sense of a portion, a share, a, dis- a distribution, an allocation, that this is your piece, your share. That's coming to you. So, putting those things together, this idea of the momentary nature of our lives and the way in which God portions or distributes or allocates the blessings that he gives, that those things come to us in ways that all add up to the provision of God. That even in this human life, which can be so very momentary and so very brief next to the eternity of God, that even in that, in grace, God still gives out the portion, the share, the disbursement of his blessing to his people. Just what his people need at just the time they need it. That this is how God reveals himself. So, in verse 8 of Ecclesiastes, 
the author says, always be clothed in white. Always anoint your head with oil. You see, because those kinds of things, the, the wearing of bright clothes and the anointing with oil, remember, that was sort of the, the preparation for a special event. That was something that you would not do every single day, but if you had a special event to go to, a, a party that you've been invited to, a gathering that was important, that's when you do those things. But the author of Ecclesiastes says, you know what, no, what, no. Treat every single day as special like that because every single day of our momentary lives receive the portion, the share, the disbursement of God's gracious blessing for you today. So always treat every day like that. Always treat each new day as a remarkably special gift from God, receiving exactly what it is that each one of us needs for that day. Consider this. Consider how it is that Eugene Peterson translates this passage. And this comes from the message translation of the Bible. So it's, it's a translation of the Bible in which um, author and theologian Eugene Peterson paraphrases scripture into more modern language for us to apply this. So listen to how Eugene Peterson writes these same verses from Ecclesiastes, okay? He says this, Seize life. Eat bread with gusto. Drink wine with a robust heart. Oh yes, God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Dress festively every morning. Don't skimp on colors and scarves. Relish life with, your, with the spouse you love each and every day of your precarious life. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. Make the most of each one. You see the idea that's carried in this, the idea that we, in the lives that we have, even as brief and momentary as they may be next to God, are not insignificant and without purpose. That God still knows every single one of us, still calls every single one of us, still has given everything, even up to the life of his very own son, Jesus, for every single one of us so that we could receive the portion, the share of his love, his blessing, his generosity given to us every single day, every moment. So the writer of Ecclesiastes then puts that in very simple, ordinary, everyday terms, doesn't he? So eat your bread, drink your wine, you know what? The food that you have, the meal that you share, the family that you have, the friends that are there, these are blessings from God. Often maybe we look past that, don't we? Because often maybe we think of blessings as being something bigger, something more. Often we think of God's blessing as being something that should show up with 
big extravagant means. Sort of like, I don't know, maybe winning the heavenly lottery. Right? That it's going to all dump at once and, and it's going to be one of those God-sighting kind of moments where it will be so obvious that God is raining down his blessings upon us. Sometimes maybe we think of that in ways that miss the tiny, ordinary, day-to-day blessings that we receive. The things that maybe we just assume or take for granted because God gives them over and over and over every single day. And it's become a part of our regular lives. But, but yet God weaves those blessings in for us. So the wisdom writer in Ecclesiastes is saying, don't miss that. Don't miss that because that's where God shows up. God shows up in our lives in all those tiny little ways every single day with exactly what it is we need from God every single day. And so that's why in verse 10 of Ecclesiastes, he can go on to say, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Because whatever God is placing before you today is the generosity of his blessing today. Don't wait for it. Don't wait for it as though something huge is going to come along in a way that misses and skips over what you've already got right now, what you're already receiving right now. Maybe sometimes we do that, right? We, we think in terms of when something big comes along next, the big turn, the big, the big transition. When, when I am done with school, when I get out of school and when I'm finally on my own, or when I get a new job or get a promotion or when my career turns, or when I reach retirement and, and then life will be different, things will turn in a big way. Sometimes we focus on those things in ways that are always looking ahead, but then skip over. But how are those distributions, portions of God's blessing coming today, right now, wherever we're at, however we live? So he says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it now, today, with all your might. Because that acknowledges God has given me a portion, a share of blessing now, here, today. Let's take it back to Psalm 23. One more Hebrew word that I want us to figure on here is is the word anointing. I mean, that's the title of, of the action that we're considering in this final activity of God, anointing. Now, I will tell you this, that the Hebrew word for anointing is the word mashach. That's where it shows up throughout the Bible whenever it talks about anointing. But I will also say this, that in Psalm 23, that's not the word that's used. There is not actually any mention of anointing in Psalm 23. So, all right, how do we bridge this? Because our English Bibles say, he anoints my head with oil. So what is it really going on there? Well, the actual Hebrew word that's used there in Psalm 23 is the Hebrew word dashen, which literally means fatten or to make fat. It's kind of a rare word. It only shows up 11 times out of the entire Bible. 
And most of the time, that's how it's translated, is to make something fat, like, like uh, the, the cattle or the, the herds that they would have whenever they would fatten them up. That's kind of the context behind this. So, as we read that passage then in Psalm 23, he anoints my head with oil, but, but it's really carrying the idea of making something bigger or more abundant. It's not just that we have the shepherd who anoints our head with oil, but it's, it's that we have the shepherd who deshen, abundantly pours out an excessively lavish amount of oil upon my head. That God blesses us in extravagant ways like that. It's no wonder that in Psalm 23 and verse 5 that, that David finishes the line by saying, my cup overflows, right? Because that's the way God blesses. But there again, putting that passage next to Ecclesiastes, let's not get lost in this expectation of this tidal wave of blessing, but, but rather let's recognize as the wisdom writer tells us that this blessing from God, which is abundantly excessive, which is a tidal wave of his grace, portions so that we every single day receive exactly what it is we need from God. And we find that in all of those ordinary things in the way that God weaves his blessing in to all the pieces of everyday life. So let's think about a little application. How do, how do we take this then and go forward with something, right? Well, it, it tells us and it gives us some instruction here that, that we should not miss the opportunity to treat every new day as a gift from God, right? That we should recognize that every single day is filled with exactly what it is we need from God. And it shows up in all of those ordinary ways. And, and God blesses us in that way, in all of those ordinary things, so that we can live in his will, so that we can thrive as disciples of Jesus, that we receive these things from God for that reason, for that purpose, for that end, to live in his will, to thrive as one of his disciples. That we do that then in ways which acknowledge every single day that I have is a new gift from God, filled with exactly what I need to thrive as his disciple on this day and this time with his blessing. And those things stack up, don't they? Even though they may be ordinary and every day, they stack up. When you think about that, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, every single day, it piles up and it stacks up. So that our lives then, our entire lives become a testimony. A testimony of the Lord as our shepherd. Right? A testimony which can declare along with the psalmist. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. 
He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are our shepherd and that you do provide for us. Thank you for all the ways this shows up. Lord, we have to confess that uh, sometimes we're looking for huge life-changing things in ways that honestly cause us to just pass and skip over and forget all the little ways that you show up every single day, giving us exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for every new day that is a gift from you. We thank you that you provide exactly what we need when we need it. Lord, your love never gives up, never runs out, and is always there with us. Thank you for that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.